0: Please stand as you are able for the reading from the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Then Jesus went home, and the crowd came together again so that they could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, he has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebul, and by the ruler of demons, he casts out demons. And Jesus called to, Jesus called to them saying, and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a king is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Man, then indeed the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin, for they had said he has an unclean spirit. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts help us to live and love like you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We are just going to jump right in today. So in our gospel text for today, Jesus has been busy, right? We're only in Mark chapter 3, and we're already encountering this story. So busy that he's worked so hard, he wants to go home to rest, trying to find that place of rest and renewal. He was already a threat to the religious leaders of the day, so he goes home looking for some good time away but there's just one little problem. Jesus had become a celebrity of sorts. You can't just go around in that day and age healing people, facing off with religious leaders, and casting out demons and not be on the level of a bigwig celebrity. People followed Jesus Really, they came and they, like, flocked to Jesus. So much so that when he went home, the gospel for today tells us that Jesus and his disciples couldn't even eat because of the crowds. And then his family enters the picture. They'd heard these rumors, right, that Jesus had gone out of his mind His family was concerned, and they wanted to see him. You know, it's not like there was social media or texting or emailing. There wasn't even phones around to be able to check in on him. So they wanted to see for themselves if the rumors were true that Jesus was crazy, and his family wanted to restrain him, the Scriptures tell us. Who knows why? Maybe they wanted to protect Jesus from himself. Maybe they knew the chatter that had started going on. Whatever the reason was, his family wanted to be there. And you know what? Even though we know the rest of the story, even though we know who Jesus Christ is, right, the Savior of the world, God's only Son, if we really think about it, Jesus was and is Still crazy. Because look at what Jesus did. Look at what Jesus said, how he acted, who he chose to be around and love. It was a little or maybe a lot crazy. Jesus said things like, Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Well, that's crazy. It goes against everything. We know even today in our culture. Or the greatest among you will be your servant. That's crazy. That's not how we think about power and what it means to be in leadership. Love your enemy. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who abuse you. It's crazy, right? But maybe... (laughs) Even crazier still is what Jesus says as he hung on a cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Now that's crazy. I don't know many people who say something like that. And so today we have this crazy encounter with Jesus, right? The scribes come on the scene and they start calling Jesus basically Satan, Beelzebul is the word that they use. It's a Philistine god that was later adopted on as a name of a demon, Satan, or the devil. So they called Jesus Beelzebul, saying that it's not in the name of God that he's casting out demons, but instead in the name of this demon Beelzebul that Jesus is casting out demons. Makes a lot of sense, right? So Jesus comes back. With an honest and cutting answer to them. Um, How can Satan cast out Satan? If I was working in the name of Satan, wouldn't I be possessing people with demons and not casting them out? I mean, think about it. If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. So if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, well, then Satan can't stand anymore. His time has come to an end. Jesus speaks such a word of truth that it almost sounds crazy. It makes too much sense almost. If Satan starts casting out Satan, well, then Satan would no longer be But Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on to talk about blasphemies against the Holy Spirit. And I think that this is an incredibly confusing piece of the text, so I want to stop for a second to talk about what that means. Now, if you remember, Jesus is talking to a Jewish audience— most jewish people at that time would recognize that there was the work of the spirit that the spirit was divine but they wouldn't identify the spirit as like a separate entity in the godhead like we might think about the trinity itself when someone would attribute the work of the spirit right jesus's work on this earth to an impure saint or an impure spirit or Satan himself, well, it's like calling God Satan. The spirit is the work that happens here on earth of God. And so what these religious leaders were doing was that they were coming in to Jesus' place and they were saying the work of the spirit that Jesus was doing in this world was not of God, but instead of was of satan so jesus talks about that being blasphemous that if that's their way of thinking if that's their way of looking at it they'll never get past that point this got me thinking about how we divide ourselves in the church how we blasphemy the work of the holy spirit because we might not agree with it. Or our opinion is is that's not how it's supposed to be done. It puts God in a box and it allows us to say what is the work of God in this world and what is not. Now, I am a firm, firm believer that God grieves when it comes to the church and that we are not one. If you've ever heard me talk, you've probably heard me say it five million times. But one of my favorite books is Ephesians because of the unity that it brings. So in Ephesians, the writer says this, For Jesus is our peace. In his flesh, he has made both groups. Now they're talking about Jews and Gentiles, but we can translate that into any groups that we have today. He has made both groups into one. Jesus has broken down the dividing wall. That is the hostility between us. And because of that, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of God's household built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the cornerstone. In him, this whole structure is joined together and grows into God's holy temple, in whom you also are built together spiritually in a dwelling place for God. God's crazy dream is for us to be one in the Spirit. For us to work together. Now think about it, right? If as the Christian church, not just this church, but the big Christian church, if all of us worked together, think. What great, wonder, wonderful, miraculous things could happen. But when we act divided as a group, it gives space and energy and life to allow the forces that oppose God's goodness to creep in, to settle in. And all of a sudden, we start dividing. Those forces, they keep us in the Christian church at this constant battle over the nitpicky things and away from the things that make us the same. Jesus, right? The resurrection, That's our life, our peace, and the way that we are to follow. But isn't that the truth, not only in the church, but in our world as well? I feel like we've lost the beauty of diversity, being able to have diverse opinions and thoughts, being able to have conversations that are diverse with each other when we only listen to, when we only make friends with people who are just like us so that we're comfortable, then we stop growing in God's Spirit as well. We've lost the art of true conversation, of true thinking, and a life that is rooted in God's diverse and beautiful creation. We were not all made the same by God, our Creator, For a very good reason, but we all were made by the one true God in God's image. So maybe the craziest thing that we can do as Christians today is to reclaim Jesus' call to unity, to listen carefully to Jesus warning us if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Every Friday night, it's a pizza and movie night in the Henrik household. Maybe it's because I'm lazy and tired, and by the time Friday rolls around, pizza doesn't mean that I have to cook, and it's minimal cleanup. And a movie means that my house can semi-stay, you know, not destroyed by all the toys that would be played with in one night. We can just sit and breathe. However it started, it's one of my favorite traditions. In March, a new movie dropped on Disney+, and we decided to give it a try because I was sick of Frozen and of Tangled and of whatever else movies that we just watch on repeat. So it was something new, right? Raya and the Last Dragon. It did not disappoint. I'll tell you now I'm sick of the movie, actually, because that's what we watch every single Friday night. (laughs) It tells the story of this ancient land, Kumandra. And it's based around a river. This land is based around a river that's in the shape of a dragon. So about 500 years before this story takes place, Kumandra is devastated by the Druun which is an evil spirit that attacks the people and dragons of that time. Sisu is the last dragon, and she's able to put all of her energy and power into this one dragon gem that would help fight off the drone forever. But Kumandra divided because it was all fighting over one dragon gem so it divided into fang and heart and spine and talon and tail. 500 years later, this, um, this land is still in great disarray. When a fight breaks out, this dragon gem is shattered into five different pieces. And the leaders of fang and heart and spine, talon and tail, take each of their piece off to their own land. Raya, who is the daughter of the chief of heart, goes on this quest to find Sisu, the last dragon, because there's a, there's a thought that Sisu is still alive, and to restore the gem and save Kumandra once again. But Raya's bitter because she was there at the breaking of the dragon gem. And Raya has to learn to trust even her fiercest enemy, it isn't until each of these separate lands learns to work together, to trust each other, and to love one another that the drone can be defeated. It's truly a beautiful movie. The first time we watched it, I sat there weeping, thinking that this needed to be a movie that everybody watches so that we can all learn how how to live in God's beautiful harmony. But as the weeping was almost over, the credits began to run, and this song, which isn't in the movie, it's just like the theme song or like the post-credit song, it's called Lead the Way Started to Play. Now, I have to tell you that I've been trained to see sacred in everything around us. And so sometimes when I listen to secular songs, I hear something that sounds sacred within it. That's the way that I live my life. So I started listening to these words and I thought, gosh, this has to do with the church. We could sing this in church. Here's the words We have a choice to build or destroy, to fight or to come together. Love is a bridge and trust is a gift. We give it and it gets better. There's an energy in the water. There's magic deep in our hearts. There's a legacy that we honor when we bring light to the dark. I think Jesus has a couple things to say about bringing light to darkness. Whatever brings us together can never tear us apart, Jesus. We become stronger than ever when we just trust. Trust and believe it. You'll see that will lead the way. God's dream is for us to be one. Jesus warns us that we are better together, and yet we continue to fail throughout the centuries. So sisters and brothers, this is Jesus's call for us. This is God's charge for us today, to be crazy Christians in the world. In a world of disunity, I want us to be crazy, and I want us to be the voice of unity, of oneness, of wholeness of God's creation. In a world of dividedness, I want us to be crazy, and I want us to build bridges and be the people who work hand in hand with those around us to love at all costs, And in a world of God's rich diversity, I want us to be crazy, embrace it, learn from us, and see God in one another, no matter how much we're the same or how different we are. And here's the thing. You can start small or you can start big, whatever you want to do, but today, just start somewhere. And think, if we all do this. We as the Christian church will lead the way in ushering in God's crazy dream for his kingdom to be here with us today. Amen.